My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Britt here today. Another exciting interview ahead of us. The guest I'm bringing on, Adrian Irizarry, is the founder and uh, founder of Moon Essence and pelvic steaming specialist hydrotherapy. She's an Eastern medicine practitioner that uses non non-invasive modalities to help women live their best lives. She's also the host of the of the Reproductive Rebel podcast. Welcome to the show, Adrian. How's it going? It's going great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, it's my pleasure. I'm so excited. So you know what? Let's go ahead and dive in. Let's start off with, you know, do you mind taking us back to a bit of your journey of how you got to where you are today? Absolutely. So um, like so many women, I had problems with my menstrual cycle and I was living with pain and uh, irregular cycles, super heavy bleeding, uh, was diagnosed with endometriosis and all of these symptoms were really calling the shots in my life. Um, I felt on a regular basis, like my body was betraying me instead of me being in the driver's seat of my life. Um, so. Fast forward, um, I met the love of my life and we decided that we wanted to try to have a baby and it never crossed my mind that I would have issues uh, carrying to term and we started uh, really struggling with recurrent miscarriages and so I had been through the entire Western medical model. I did every test, uh, painful, invasive, and otherwise, to figure out what was going on in my body and why I was having a hard time carrying a child and um, didn't have any answers. Uh, got all the way to that reproductive endocrinologist level and had that person laugh and say, your test results are fine, his are fine, I have no idea why you can't get pregnant, but we can do IVF with ICSI. And then he walked out of the office. He didn't explain what that was, didn't allow me to ask questions, nothing. And wow. I sat there in complete and total shock and was heartbroken. <laughs> Um, and I laugh now because I just, I just put myself back in that position and I go, oh my goodness, there are so many of us that sit in that position where, you know, we really don't feel like our voice is heard by the allopathic medicine model. And so I was whizzed through all of the medications that I needed to get, you know, even though I had voiced my concerns about the fact I had had a heart attack on birth control before, nobody would like sit and like sit still long enough to actually have a conversation with me. Um, so I was 30 minutes from the time I landed in that office until I was out the door. Uh, moving from seeing the doctor for a brief five minutes, um, the nurse who was lovely, but, you know, just went through her protocol of this is what we need to do. Here are your next steps. Call us when your period starts and out the door I went. And I sat in the driver's seat of my car and I came completely unglued. One of the ugliest cries I've ever had in my whole life. And I'm like, now what? 
You didn't tell me why this is happening. So why is forcing me to get pregnant going to solve why I can't carry a child to term? It's not that I can't get pregnant. It's that I'm not holding the pregnancy. So I felt very lost. And I am a Y kid. I was always a Y kid growing up. And I went in search of answers because I'm like, there is no reason. I refuse to accept that there is no why as to why this is happening for me. So I started doing more um, looking in terms of the fertility and reproductive side of things in the wisdom of Eastern medicine, because I had a lot of relief from my menstrual issues with my endometriosis, regulating my cycle through the Eastern lens. And so I'm like, you know, that's several thousand years of wisdom there. They've got to know something about what's going on in my life. So through that whole process, um, I actually became a bit of a specialist in fertility. Um, and I'm very passionate about that particular area of my practice because of my own personal journey. Um, but as I was uh, getting training, you know, continuing my education in herbalism and things of that nature, I just realized how many women have a very similar story to mine um, in terms of either their menstrual cycles are calling the shots or they're having fertility challenges. And it was an area of people's lives that I really wanted to make a difference in. And so that led me to where I am today. I've been five years helping women live in better balance emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And if a baby is in the cards for them, it happens. And if, you know, that's not one of their goals, that's totally fine too. But it's, it's beautiful being able to use non-invasive methods to be able to help women go after whatever their goals are in their life. Incredible. Thank you so much for opening up and being vulnerable um, about your journey. I mean, you know, the miscarriages and the heart attack and the birth control, that is tough. Like, and not having an answer as to why, why is this happening? Why is there no solution? Um, I love the fact that, you know, you made it a part of your journey to help others going through similar things. Um, that's, that's incredible. So, well, and it's sad. Do you mind because... telling us? Go ahead, please. Um, there's so many of us that have similar themes in our background. And the longer I work in this field, the longer I realize or the more I realize that this is so common. And so many people don't have answers for the why. And I'm really hoping that between the Reproductive Rebel podcast and the work that I do, that I'll be able to help more people with that why. I love it. It's very touching. Uh, we need more people out there like you. So this is incredible. I love the movement. Um, Adrian, tell us a little bit more about where you're at in the business right now and how maybe how you deliver your services. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm a mixture of telehealth as well as in person. Um, I was about 50-50 in terms of how I was seeing people prior to the pandemic. Um, I was completely telehealth uh, for the better part of two and a half years. And now at this point, um, it's kind of 50-50, which is, well... Yeah, it's pretty close to 50-50 at this point, which is great because no matter where someone is, I can meet you where you're at on your journey as well as you are where you are in the country. Um, so that works out really beautifully. Um, 
So a lot of times with the pelvic steaming side of things, I will get people set up with all the equipment they need to be successful. And then I do it like coaching call style um, on the phone um, in a Zoom style call. Um, for acutonics, I work with people in office, um, but I also do distance sessions. So uh, for anyone who is familiar with Reiki or energy work that can be done at a distance, acutonics can be done in a very similar fashion. Um, um, and I can meet people where they're at in terms of how they feel about that. So if they need to see me doing the thing, um, I have a little uh, model that I'll lay on a bed, kind of like the one you see behind me. Um, to work through, you know, where I am treating them on the body so that they can see what's going on. Um, because, you know, I want everyone to feel safe in the sessions that they're doing with me. So sometimes having that visual makes them feel safe and held. Other people just want to lay and experience it. And then we touch base after the session through a Zoom style call. So it's really great. All of the modalities that I do can be done either in person or, or at a distance. And um, I've seen some really, really beautiful things come out of it. Incredible. Now tell me a little bit about, you know, we kind of touched on this and how you kind of incorporated that into your business as to how little we're taught as women um, and how you're trying to help others. But do you mind diving in deeper just in regards to how little we're educated? Absolutely. So I ran um, a poll on my Instagram not that long ago um, about, so how did you learn about your body and about menstruation and about sex? Like, how did you learn all of those things growing up? And I was shocked. Um, well, shocked in one way, but it, cause it was kind of sad to see it validated. <laughs> um, but I had enough anecdotal uh, information from my practice members um, that I, kind of expected it at the same time, but most people said things like, um, I had a box of tampons passed through the door and I was on my own to figure it out. Or I, between Google and my friends, I learned about my body. Uh, so little things like that, instead of I learned in health class, like I had one person out of all of the people that responded say that they actually learned what they know now in health class. So I think that there is a really big disparity in terms of education in our country. And when I say our country, I mean the United States um, about body literacy for women's health. So a lot of people don't know how to count their cycle. They don't know that the first day of fresh red blood is actually day one of your cycle. So if you have brown spotting or you have any pink spotting before the actual flow begins, that is not day one when you first start seeing something. It's when the flow actually starts to pick up and become something. And not knowing how to count just that one day makes a huge difference because if you go into a doctor's office and they want to test your hormone levels, a lot of times they want to test you on cycle day three. And if you are miscounting, then your cycle day three is not going to give them the appropriate results that they're looking for to be able to support you best. So little wow. things like not knowing where to count your cycle, where your fertile window is in a time where we are post Roe versus Wade, it is very important for women to know that they can only get pregnant seven days out of the month and what roadmap their body gives them in order to teach 
them that, okay, it's time we need to prevent or try. Because I had one woman in my practice who had been unsuccessful getting pregnant for three years. And after we started to work together, I found out that her friend in school had told her that the five days before her period is when she could get pregnant. So that is where she and her husband were trying. Three years of heartbreak and negative pregnancy tests only to find out that she had to try two weeks earlier and she probably would have been successful. So not knowing what we don't know is so detrimental for our health, for understanding why we're tired sometimes during the month, why we have more energy than we know what to do with parts of the month, why sometimes we feel like networking and being social, and other times of the month we feel like we want to be a hermit and just Netflix and fuzzy pajamas and sit on our couch and please don't talk to me, right? And not knowing why those things happen and just a little bit of education education about how your body works makes all of the difference in the entire world. You start having less of that inner critic telling you, well, come on, like you should be able to just do this thing today, get your lazy butt up and do it, right? So many of us have this interior monologue that we shame ourselves for slowing down during certain parts of the month when biochemically it's totally natural to do so. Wow. I didn't know any of that. I mean, I didn't know that your period, and maybe I should have known this, uh, but I was never taught that when it's fresh red or, or whatever you mentioned, that's actually your first day mm-hmm. of your period. No. I didn't. And you know what? You're not alone. You're not alone in that at all. Um, That is one of the things I think I spend the most time doing when people enter the door of my practice is teaching them the basics like that, the rules of the road. And that's why I started Reproductive Rebel because I was horrified at the number of people that simply just hadn't been taught this stuff. And I'm like, this information, this very basic information is going to be a game changer in terms of how you feel knowing when your period's going to start knowing when you can and can't get pregnant because most of your month you are a sperm killing machine you can't get pregnant at all there's only seven days (laughs) and so is everyone different when it comes to it like whether it's five days before your period whether it's two weeks before your period where you're most for I mean where you have the most chance of becoming pregnant or is everyone the same it If your body is functioning optimally, you're going to be ovulating right around the same time during the month. So if you're ovulating later in the month, like closer to day 20, that actually speaks to an imbalance that's happening in your body that needs to be addressed. However, if you're actually ovulating, you will still have the same roadmap. So on average, women ovulate between day 13 and day 15 of their cycle on average, obviously with every average there are people that appear outside of that average. But when you have a luteal phase that is fixed, in general, it's 13 to 17 days for everybody every single month. Mm -hmm. So it makes it easier to figure out when your period's going to start. So if you ovulate on day 12, which is a little on the earlier side of things, if you have a 14-day luteal phase, 12 plus 14, and now you know what day you're going to start. So it 
actually is quite formulaic. So even though we do have inconsistencies for a whole host of reasons, like our world moves faster than it's ever moved before, stress on our system changes the way our body shows up for us. And that's where we get symptoms like PMS and feeling like we want to be a fire breathing dragon for three to five days before our periods and everybody irritates us and or you get to the Hallmark commercial and you sob like a small child, you know, those types of big emotions, each one of those actually explains what is going on inside of the body so that I can help restore harmony so that you don't have all of those big emotions and feelings before you get started. Wow. So crazy. All these things that we don't know, right? We think Mm -hmm. we know it all, but... Oh, I love this. Uh, you know, Adrian, tell us a little bit about the Phoenix rising. Do you mind diving into that topic? Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of feel like my practice, I had to kind of be burned down to the ground in order to emerge a different version of myself. Um and I actually have a phoenix tattooed on my back for this very reason. Um, because you know, I thought I knew a whole bunch of things about my body and I was pretty well read uh, as a young person. I was, you know, very fortunate to have um, a support system in my life that was comfortable enough to talk about body stuff. Um, And I know sometimes that conversation is really hard for people. So, you know, no shame, um, no shade here, but uh, because it is an uncomfortable place for a lot of people to go, this is where the lack of education begins. And if it's not being offered in another way, you know, we just don't know what we don't know. So, I was very fortunate to have someone who, um, or people, I had a village of people that made sure that I knew what was going on in my body. Um, And I had been very proactive about dealing with reproductive stuff, but I still, when I started training to be a practitioner, I felt like all of the heartache that I had been through, all of the pain physically from my cycle, as well as all of the invasive tests I had had done and all of that, you know, I really had been burned down to the ground. And what emerged out of all of that, um, well, and all the miscarriages, actually, um, all of that heartache as well, um, I emerged a stronger, more colorful version of myself. And when I say colorful, I mean more like multifaceted, because I have the unique ability of being able to sit across the table from somebody who has lost a baby, whether it's a miscarriage, or it's a stillbirth, and I can hold their hand and hold space for them and be like, I see you. I know that you feel like you're on an island right now. And I'm here in this, this messy space with you. And it's okay for you to be raw and vulnerable and seen in this space. And when women go through experiences like that, a lot of times, even with the most understanding partners in the entire world, they feel like they're dealing with a lot of it alone because they're dealing with the physical part of having had the loss, all the bleeding that comes afterwards, the healing that happens physically afterwards, but then the emotional healing is in a totally different space. So I have the unique ability because I've been burnt down to ashes to step into that space in a very real way and say, you are not alone. I 
see you. I'm here for you. Women who are scared going into diagnostic tests, they want to have somebody explain what's going to happen to them. Because a lot of times in an allopathic office, you've got 15 minutes. They will, you know, take you through the 30,000 foot view and send a very anxious, sometimes scared person out the door waiting however long until the date their test is scheduled for. I can step into that space and go for a vast majority of these tests, I can say I've been there. <laughs> um, but I can also explain like this is what they're trying to find out with it. This is what they're trying to do, you know, because I've been there. And I've done that. And so being able to meet people in that very vulnerable space is an incredible gift. And so I feel like I had to go through all of the things that I went through in order to be the best practitioner version of myself that shows up every day in my practice now. I think that's incredible the way you put it, because a lot of us, you know, and I'm, I'm guilty of this at times a lot of us can fall in that victim you know pity party mm-hmm. even though you're you're so um you're allowed to you're allowed to do that if you've gone through stuff like that I mean I it, like that's tough and you need the time to heal right but like the fact that you're bouncing back and you're helping others go through it like and it kind of made you stronger almost right um I think that's incredible so you should be so proud of yourself for that. Well, thank you. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I definitely had the pity party moments. <laughs> Absolutely. But I, you're allowed to, though. I mean, but I mean, like, you're not stuck in it. You didn't stay stuck in that forever, right? And you might go through that, through the waves and stuff still. But yeah. the fact that you're, you're, you're doing something because of it is incredible. Well, and, so and it, I think that's part of the gift, too is that I can step into that space. And I actually, because I've had that pity party for myself, I can say things like, I know how you feel. <laughs> you exactly. know, meet you them in that space. Mm-hmm. Well, episode and- nine of the Reproductive Rebel podcast, it was kind of a messy interview um, in terms of the audio quality, but it was so much from my heart that I knew I had to be walking while I was recording it because sitting at my desk and sitting still just wasn't happening. I had tried to record it several times sitting with, you know, the proper mic and all of that. And, um, but episode nine is about grief and pregnancy loss and the gifts that come out of an experience like that, that are really hard to see in that moment, because I have been in that moment where you're like, why is this happening to me? I am heartbroken, like I've tried so hard and I've done all of these things to only have the same outcome happen again. What am I missing, right? And I've been in, I've been there, I've done that. And so I offered that episode from literally my tears and the the depths of my soul because women need to know that they're not alone in that experience. And and that once you start really reflecting back on loss and unfortunate circumstances like that, that you start to see, hold on a second, there were gifts that came out of this. Maybe it wasn't the right time because this and this happened afterwards. And I know that every phase of development for my practice has come out of those different turning points and those losses to bring me to where I am now. Absolutely. 
So Adrian, tell me a bit about the authentic, sorry, I'm tongue-tied, authenticity and its uh, currency. So do you mind diving into that topic a little bit? Absolutely. So when we are, when we feel comfortable, we're, we share more. And I believe that showing up in the real, at the very beginning of my work, I thought I had to present myself like a practitioner, right? And I had this concept in my head that that looked like dressing a certain way, sounding a certain way, having a certain number of degrees on my wall, right? That kind of thing. Because this is our Western mindset is that you have to have letters after your name and a certain level of credentials and all of these things in order to know some things. And I realized that I got better with my clients. Our, our interactions got richer and deeper when I could just show up as me. Because me as a practitioner with my whole story and my toolkit and the women's wisdom that I was bringing to the table because the work that I do is thousands of years old. I'm using plant medicine and I'm using sound, right? Shamanic work used sound thousands of years ago, right? So I'm using ancient modalities in our current container and all I'm doing is sharing that wisdom with other people. And so I realized that that Western lens really wasn't serving me in this capacity. And when I shed that and became more of me, and if I'm having a crazy morning with my kids and I come into the office like a tornado and I go, hey, I'm really sorry that I'm a little unkempt right now, but I had a day with my kids and they usually laugh and smile and go, yep, I, it must be in the weather because I had a similar kind of morning, right? But that right there shows that I'm a human being. I don't live on a pedestal somewhere with all of these, this alphabet soup after my name. Like I am a person and I show up in that space with all the same struggles that they do, with all the same heartaches, all the same joys, all the same things that I'm celebrating and being able to be real and authentic with them in that space makes our conversation so much more rich because I have clients say to me all the time, man, I wish you could just be my doctor because you really hear me and that's such a huge thing is to be heard absolutely thank you for sharing that that's so true like you are human you need to be heard and understood and um I love that you you brought that up so that's great now tell me a little bit about the podcast. I know that we touched on it a little, a little bit, but what were your intentions behind it? Was it just to get that, be there for those women going through the same thing or what were your intentions and where is it at right now today? So the podcast is something that I've been feeling called to for several years now and this is one of those things that like when it's the right time it just all falls into place so um I had many clients over the course of the years leading up to me starting the program that kept saying, oh, you need a podcast. I wish I could share this, like whatever it was that we were talking about in conversation. 
can you type that up so I can share it with a girlfriend or um, I would be on a video call with somebody and they'd be like, hey, do you mind repeating what you just said? I'm going to record it on my phone and send it to my girlfriend. And so things like that kept happening over and over again. And I took it as a sign that I needed to find a way to be able to share this message with more people than just in the one-on-one. And so my podcast, the Reproductive Rebel podcast has totally been birthed out of the voices of my clients, the things that they struggle with, the heartaches that they deal with, the information they don't walk in the door with, that they say to me, oh man, I wish you should create a course about that because I more people need to know that's a thing. And so, you know, not your mama's menstrual course was birthed out of somebody saying to me, we need to know how our bodies work as energetic beings because women are cyclical beings. We experience our hormone cadence in 28 to 30 days, not 24 hours like men do. They wake up in the morning and they've started their new hormone cycle all over again. We experience ours in a 28 to 30 day window. And our energy levels, our emotions, what our hormones are doing in the body in terms of can we set a personal record with weightlifting today or should we be just going for a walk today? All of those shots are totally called by our hormones and what's going on in our system on any given day of our cycle. And so knowing that kind of information silences that inner critic a little bit because you have a different lens to look at your body through and a different understanding of your body. And so the Reproductive Rebel podcast was my attempt, is my attempt at sharing this wisdom with people so that they can live their best lives because thousands of women suffer with period cramps, with PMS that challenges the dynamics of their relationships, with fertility challenges. You know, there's a huge portion of the population that's getting ready to go through menopause. I have more women coming through the door going, am I in perimenopause? Am I, is this the beginning of menopause? Is this too early? I don't even know when this transition is supposed to happen and so on and so forth. And so, you know, not, not knowing what we don't know that is a space that I'm hoping that the Reproductive Rebel podcast is going to fully step into, not to mention challenge some of our cultural narratives that we have taken as the norm. Because I remember my doll used to have a commercial that if you took my doll, then you could button your jeans. And this was like right after I started my period. So for any of you that know what I'm talking about, I'm totally dating myself. Yes, I'm that old. But I um, that commercial, here I am over 20 years later, that commercial made a huge impression on me. And I took that as quote unquote knowledge for a long time, not realizing what I didn't know. And now I scoff at it and I go, oh, wow, that was quite a piece of marketing. But it reinforces a societal narrative that this is something that is a normal part of having a period. And it's not. The emotions aren't normal. The pain is not normal, weird spotting, brown blood, none of that is normal. And we just don't have that as regularly taught knowledge. So we just accept it. I think it's the norm. Yeah. Totally. Wow. And so crazy. Hence the name of the show. (laughs) 
Yeah. Wow. Hence, hence the name of the show, Reproductive Rebel, no because kidding. I'm rebelling against what we take as this is my understanding. And, you know, it's nice. like tampons. Tampons can create cramps. Like people yeah. aren't taught this stuff. Like, this is something that we need to know about. And like, we just think it's the norm and nobody's really taking the time to look into it. Like, I mean, you have, which is incredible because like this stuff it can, is concerning, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the emotions, the cramping, the the pain mm-hmm. um, and where it's coming from. If it's Absolutely. Not actually coming from, that's, and it is the norm to think that way. Oh, it's because I have my period. Okay. This is expected. Like what? No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> No, it is totally when your body is in balance and everything is functioning the way that it should, you should just be coming into your period very gently. It should last four, five days max. It's a nice soft bell curve. It starts light to medium, gets a little heavier in the middle, comes down light medium, cruises to the finish line. That's it. It shouldn't be lasting longer than six days like fresh red blood. If you're getting brown at the end, that that speaks to a different problem and you shouldn't be getting that either. But okay. when people feel like fire breathing dragons, like there are so many memes out there about one of the memes that I shared that I think has been shared the most is the one where there's four boxes and she's like normal one moment and her hair's on fire the next moment and she's sobbing and that, you know, and we, but we take that as normal and we make jokes. We're like, this it. is just because of the period. Yeah. Crazy. And it, I didn't know it, that. No, it doesn't have to be that way because all of those things are actually telling a story and it's your body's way of lovingly trying to communicate with you and say, girl, I need a little more support here. And if that emotion is anger, there's a couple of things that could be driving that. And if we address right. that issue, then the anger goes away. And so I have clients after they've worked with me for a little while, they're like, oh my gosh, it just snuck up on me because I had none of my normal telltales. It just appeared. Is that normal? And I'm like, yes, that, that right there, that's what it should be. Exactly. Crazy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Adrian, this is amazing to know all this stuff. So tell me a little bit about your biggest focus and desire with the podcast. And I mean, and with the business for the next year or for 2023, maybe what's your next desire and focus? Yes, my big focus for 2023 is education. So I have been very focused on the hands-on application of all of this information and the accumulation of all of this information, because believe me, there was a fair bit of training in different places in order to get me where I am now. But um, my focus is education and the dissemination of everything that I know, because I don't want it to stay with me and only me. So I'm working on teaching other practitioners how to do what I do the way that I do it, because the way that I do it is unique to me. And I am offering more online courses so that people can proactively go out after this kind of information, because a lot of times by the time people reach me, they're like, you are the answer I've been looking for for a long time, because I haven't been able to get an answer as to why these things are happening to me. And now you're answering that question for me thank you. So I've had that feedback enough from my clients that I'm making a bigger effort to get more educational offerings out there, both in terms of training more practitioners so that I can help 
others help others, um, but also so that people can, you know, find the information and help themselves. So getting the podcast coming out um, at a much more frequent cadence is on the horizon for this coming year. Um, as well as offering more online courses and, and uh, educational opportunities because knowledge is power. 100%, 100%. Love it. And I meant to ask you with the uh, podcast, how does it affect the business? Like, are they mo mostly solo episodes or are they interviews? Do people often come later down the road and be like, I need to work with you. I've been listening to your podcast for this six months or whatever it might be. And you're like, oh, great. Awesome. The podcast is attracting clients. Tell me a bit about that. I was going to say it's uh, D, all of the above. Um, I love it. <laughs> um, I'm finding that um, it has been really great in terms of the buyer's journey, because particularly when it comes to women's health, you know, we don't want to walk around and talk about our vagina with just anybody. Right. So for me, the hardest part when I first got the practice started was that relationship building process, because we're talking about a very intimate, personal part of people's lives that often there are a lot of emotions connected with. And so that is where I feel like the Reproductive Rebel podcast steps into that space because then they get a chance to get to know me before they ever reach out to me, which is really beautiful. They find out, oh, there are places that I can go for this information that maybe I'm not comfortable talking to an actual live body yet, but I am okay with working my way through this module and this chick seems to know what she's talking about. So I've found that it's been really great on all of those fronts because it helps me to relationship build. Um, I've been at events where I've been a speaker and I'll have people who will say things like, um, oh, like, I would love to have a little bit more information about fill in the blank topic. And I will direct them to the podcast. So maybe they are interested in fertility awareness. And I'll say, you know, I in my practice, I will give people a 30,000 foot view of fertility awareness. However, I did interview a fertility awareness educator in episode four. I really think that you should check that out and then I'm happy to make referrals for you. Or what is peristeam hydrotherapy? I don't understand what this pelvic steaming thing is. I will say, hey, actually I did an episode on that and you should check out episode three, right? So those Incredible. are the kinds of things that have been really helpful because I've been able to, you know, with a miscarriage client, direct them to episode nine and, you know, things like that so that they can hear more information and then make a decision whether this feels aligned for them or not, because women are really intuitive beings. So all of our decisions come from that in that body wisdom knowing place. Love this. Amazing. So Adrian, one last question I like to ask my guests when uh, for the business and for the new year, if they're looking, I mean, based on where you are today, if you were to double your profit and revenue, what are some things that might have to change within the business or what are some new challenges? I like to kind of hear the different ideas. Um, when I ask this question at the end of the podcast from everyone? Uh, for me, it's help. Because women's health requires space, and mine is no exception. And so 
I plan my workflow with the energetic alignment of my cycle. So during menstruation, I'm introverted. This is where I write my blogs. When I'm in my ovulation phase, I record my podcasts. So I do interviews with other people. Most of my podcasts are just me, um, but I also will bring experts in on different topics so that I can let my clients know um, and any of my listeners know what types of resources are available for them around given topics. Um, so I've had a natural movement specialist in, I've had a pelvic PT, and you know, these are the types of things that people just need to know that these are resources that are available to them. Um, so for me, because I work in a more cyclical way, I want to be able to pull and give myself space and rest during my period the way that I should. Because if I'm not walking my talk, what kind of a role model am I going to be, right? So being able to um, get more help um, by way of uh, an admin or um, other kinds of support uh, is where I would see if if my success grew to that level being able to still honor the phases of my cycle the energetic demands that I can I can give without compromising my health because I have endometriosis and I have a 28 day cycle with no pain no garbage that goes along with that uh, very rarely do I have any issues with pain anymore and it's been years and the only times that it happens is when I don't have enough help to care for myself properly so mm. for me it looks like help and the more things that I can automate the better um because being able to honor the fact that we're tired is critical and if I don't have space to honor that I don't have space to be creative. I can't bring the business to that next level if I don't have enough time to brainstorm and let creativity happen. So help is probably the biggest underlying thread for all of that in order to take everything to that next stage and level. Uh, I just want to say you're not alone. I think help is like the number one thing. Where do I outsource and is it a right fit and that kind of thing? Because when you're doing it all on your own, like you can get sick. It's too much, right? But it's like finding the right fit um, for where you need help and in what areas, right? So it's, it's fit, but it's also um, revenue too. You have to yeah. know that you have sustainable enough revenue in order to be able to get the quality help that you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And, you need quality. Mm -hmm, quality is key. Absolutely. Adrian, this has been absolutely amazing. I just want to thank you again for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. We have not talked about this. Like you said, it's not talked about enough. We aren't educated enough. So this was so interesting for myself and I know it will be for my listeners because we don't we're not educated on this stuff I didn't know half the things you told me and I'm like okay I I'm really curious about something I gotta go check the podcast like <laughs> you know I, there's just not enough time in the um, actual episode to ask all the questions that I want so um, this has been amazing and you know if people are looking to connect with you women what would be the best way to go ahead and reach out to you 
Absolutely. So um, you can find me on Instagram at Moon Essence Me. Um, I also have a free Facebook group for the Reproductive uh, Rebel Podcast listeners. So feel free to join that group and join the conversation to learn a little bit more about me. Um, and you can always find me on Instagram. It's a really great place to find out more about what I do and upcoming episodes of the podcast. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Adrienne. I appreciate you coming on today. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for having me. This has been an incredible opportunity. My pleasure. My pleasure. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and want to come on, just like Adrian Irizier or Irizari. Am I saying it wrong? I keep getting it wrong. I apologize. Um, if you want to come on the show, just like Adrian did today to tell your story, talk about your podcast and business, please go to top100interview.com. If you have questions for Adrian and you're curious about some stuff going on in the reproductive system, she's your girl. Go talk to her, check out the podcast, check, check out her um, website because she knows what's going on and she's the one to talk to. So start there. Okay. Uh, thanks everybody. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.